Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You know when you're sniffly and you can't breathe through your nose, so you breathe just through your mouth? This show's like that. It's like breathing through your mouth and then tasting the world on your tongue and then closing your mouth and then swallowing the goodness of the world and then um, not choking and then being at one with the universe. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. So something terrible has happened. Um, one of one of Eugene's babysitters, of whom we're very fond, has got quite poorly, as in multiple trips to the hospital and operation poorly oh, and a course of treatment poorly. Yeah. Now she's going to get better. Okay, good. Uh, which is is the good news. But um, when I say something terrible has happened, I just want to point out that I'm not moaning because now we need to find another babysitter. No. Okay. Good. Yeah. So. Here's, here's what happened. She goes in, she has this operation, mm. and I I sent her a text message mm-hmm. saying, sorry to hear that you're having a, a rough time of it. Uh, I know you'll be on the mend, but if there's anything I can do, if you need any errands running or things picking up, then just let me know. Okay. She texts back immediately. Yeah. Yes, please. Oh, don't expect that, do you? No. But good, you know what? Good for her. Good, <laughs> honestly, good for her. Well, you say that. So can you remember what, I know it was um, 20 seconds ago, but you and mm. I both have poor memories. Can mm. you remember what I said in my message to her? Yeah, any errands running or things picking up? Right. Yeah. So then she says, mm. yes, please. Right. What am I supposed to do with that? Oh, she doesn't actually say what she wants doing. No, she just says, yes, please. Oh, you're supposed to just guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think she needs a dry cleaning picked up. Yeah. I'll go and check. <laughs> well, so, so then I send me- a message back saying, oh, are there any groceries I could pick up or, you know, loo roll or anything for around the house that, that you need? <laughs> yeah. And she texts back saying, oh, that'd be great. Thanks. Oh, right. So, so then I'm in this weird position <laughs> where I think, well, I need to go and do a weekly shop for this woman yeah who i don't know that well right i mean i know her well enough to leave leave her with my son yeah <laughs> but i don't know about her food preferences or and i say so i mean is there any anything in particular i can pick up for you she says anything will be fine wow okay so that i have to go and do a weekly shop for a stranger that is really difficult yes 
But did you just buy things that you like? Yes. And did you feel you had to get like the fancier versions of stuff? Well, I'll tell you what I did feel weird about. So I'm vegetarian Mm. and I don't think she is. Right. But I sort of thought I'd I'd feel a bit weird buying meat and fish. Yeah. So I didn't didn't buy any meat or fish. Yeah, that's fair enough. Do you think it is? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. You don't think like she's thinking, forcing his (laughs) hippie hippie diet on me yeah, maybe maybe she thought yeah. that but so um so yeah it was it was a strange experience so i, I basically did go and buy everything from lou roll uh, lou roll and milk what to... kind of lou roll did you buy like how how would you know i mean i, mean, I didn't get like puppies on a roll or anything oh, like really I, posh what? Of course, you should get puppies on a roll. That's like the the ultimate puppies on a roll. I'm so just. Dis- did you get a cashmere? There's a cashmere one, isn't there? I didn't get ca- like did you get quilted. You got quilted. I, t- I, I went for whatever. Mid- I didn't go cheap. I didn't get Isel tracing paper, toilet right. paper. I don't know if you still can get that anymore. I don't think so. No, no. Um, they used to have it at Abbey Road Studios, and John Lennon complained about it. I don't blame him. They used to have property of EMI printed on it. Like anybody who want- would want to steal that to wipe the bum on it. See, I can steer anything round. <laughs> if, if needs be. Okay, I'll steer it away and say that my friend's dad, um, you can't buy it anymore, and he prefers it to the extent that he had it specially ordered in to their own home. Seriously? Yeah, like tracing paper stuff, because he preferred it for his bottom. I'm about to drop a name here, mm-hmm. but I interviewed the actor um, Jason Isaacs last oh, week. Yeah, yeah. At from his the ha- OA, that's how I know him at the moment. Oh, is that what yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he thinks he's been in lots of things? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and uh, I... I, I it was in Harry Potter films. I think it's probably what people know him best from, but he was also the captain of the Starship Enterprise in one of the Star Trek spin-offs. Okay. Had a good chat about William Shatner. Oh, did you? He was also blocked on Twitter by <gasps> William Shatner. No. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, anyway. Um, so, and and he we, we got onto the subject of toilet paper with him because I interviewed him at his house. Yeah. I mean, I didn't go and use his loo and then come out and comment on the toilet We're paper. We're all surprised just... by that, but carry on. <laughs> Uh, but I did sort of end up talking about toilet paper with him and he was saying how weird it is that toilet paper is an acceptable tool for that particular job. Really? He said, like, so if you got some um, faecal matter on your arm, for example, oh. you wouldn't get a bit of dry tissue and then just swipe at it a couple of times. Oh, yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, but that's what, <laughs> that's what we're doing back there all the time, isn't it? Oh, my God. I'm, yeah. just, I'm revolting. Yeah. Um, anyway, so but to answer your question, I got sort of mid-range toilet roll. Okay, thank you for this lady, and and um, I, I dropped it. I went to take it round, mm. and uh, let me tell you something. I wasn't. I wasn't the only one. <laughs> what there was a queue of people with like carrier bags. Well, it's not that there was a queue of people with carrier bags, <laughs> but when I got there, it became very apparent. That other people had had the same. I mean, it was like Harvest Festival. I love this woman. Every, every <laughs> single person, like other people go, oh, no, no, it's all right, don't worry. Every single person went, yes, please. Yeah. And then whatever they came back, which is like, yeah, great, great. Yeah. I love her yeah. so much. Yeah, we should all be more like her. I mean, she could be a doomsday prep with all the stuff <laughs> she's got in that flat. She'll outlive all of us. When you were younger, this show was just getting going. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port with you now in your old age. Share your story, please. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. The first one is from Anon. I'd like to tell you a story that still makes me sick to my stomach with latent cringe. It occurred right at the end of the year eight trip to the south of France. This was a week of many terrible incidents, as you can imagine, (laughs) but this was the worst for me. 
We were due to leave the hotel the next morning and spend the whole day sweating on a coach for 14 hours driving home. It just so happened that this was to be my birthday and not really how I wanted to spend it. However, my parents had made it clear that the cost of the trip was to be my birthday present and no other plans had been made. It was just unlucky that this was how I'd be spending the actual day. So after the dinner on the last evening, while all of the kids in my year and the teachers were gathered in the dining room, I was extremely surprised when the staff of the hotel wheeled out an enormous pink cake covered in strawberries, my favourite fruit and staple of all my birthdays. And the lead teacher stood up and said, would the birthday girl come forward so we can all sing happy birthday? Blushing profusely, I stood up and took a step forward only to see that another girl in my class was Uh, confidently walking uh, over to the cake. It was her birthday. Of course it was. You don't have a day early birthday cake. I'd got the whole situation horribly wrong. I was paralysed with a mixture of shame, disappointment, embarrassment and fear. As everyone stared at me, I just mumbled, it's my birthday tomorrow, in a very small voice. And the teacher who was near me said, oh, well, then it's for you too then, go on. And pushed me to the front to stand next to the actual birthday girl in front of her (laughs) cake that her parents had organised for her and fraudulently received a birthday song from the children that mostly hated me. (laughs) I will never forget that particular blend of emotions and still get flashbacks of standing in front of a crowd of mocking pre-teens singing Joyeux Anniversary. I spent my actual birthday the next day miserable on the coach trying my best to pretend it didn't happen it's heartbreaking it is I feel sorry if you were none okay and let's go on to Hayley some quick background about me I live in a commuter city in Essex about an hour from central London by train I commuted into the city for 10 years until I started to get travel anxiety so a couple of years ago I packed up my city job and got a job as a lecturer at my local college a lovely 10 minute walk away my travel anxiety is now much better when I travel to the city which is now only occasionally for social things however this recent trip has put me off any more trips for at least a few months I recently arranged to meet a friend on a Friday night in London to go to the cinema. I was supposed to meet my friend in central London at 6.30pm and being the panicky travel that I am, I ended up giving myself about two hours to get there. Oh, and I'm also six and a half months pregnant, so I was super worried about perhaps needing to take breaks or wait for quieter trains, etc., It was a fairly stressful journey. I ended up travelling in central London in peak rush hour time. I had to ask strangers for a seat on the tube and was jostled quite a bit as I tried to waddle between platforms and a woman even rolled her suitcase over my feet and nearly tripped me up. All pretty normal to a thick-skinned commuter, but as a hormonal, heavily pregnant woman, by the time I arrived, I was feeling tired and emotionally frazzled. Plus, it was now raining torrentially and I didn't have an umbrella. Nearby to the cinema is a well-known fast food burger restaurant and as it was pouring down and I was an hour early and frankly now also hangry, I decided to go in and treat myself to a burger, which I ate as slowly as possible trying to eke out the time. I managed to make it last about 15 minutes and then sit in my drink for another 5 to 10 But then when I wasn't paying attention, a staff member cleared the rubbish away and I felt awkward continuing to take up space at a busy fast food restaurant and I could already see people eyeing up my prime two-person table so I decided to wait outside. However, it was still raining heavily so I ended up sort of hovering in the doorway outside. This is when things got super awkward as the manager of the burger joint saw me waiting in the doorway and obviously pregnant. (coughs) Excuse me. You're right now. Yes. Thinking he was doing me a kindness, he gently steered me inside and said that I should sit down out of the rain. 
everything got weird from this point. He removed a woman's coat from the back of a chair at a family table and insisted that I sat down in the seat of the mum who'd gone to get sauce or something. <laughs> it all happened so quickly, not wanting to be rude to the manager. I sat down without really thinking about it and then realised I was sitting with some bewildered tourist family. <laughs> The husband said quickly and rather brusquely, that's my wife's seat. And I got up immediately, apologised and tried to move. But the manager then quickly hurried over and tried to tell the man that I was going to sit there instead. Frankly, at this point, I would rather have waited in the pouring rain. I walked away and found a different seat. And the manager then proceeded to check on me every minute or so, (laughs) offering me a free coffee and asking if I needed an umbrella, etc. Whilst I know who's being kind, it was also drawing quite a lot of attention and stares. At this point, I really just wanted to leave, but felt like I had to say thank you to the manager. So after politely waiting in the chair five minutes exactly, I left, making a detour to where he was and said thank you for the chair. Just to top off the whole shenanigan, he then took both my hands in his and softly whispered, I am your servant, madam. (laughs) Shiver. To top off all this fun in the city, my friend was late for the cinema and it was unassigned seating for a sold out show. So I was told you were not allowed to save seats or leave gaps. Having got there really early, I had to spend a very long half hour telling people my friend was in the bathroom and that I wasn't saving the seat, knowing full well that everyone around me knew I was lying. The screen went dark and the movie was starting and she still wasn't there. Oh. And people were now struggling to find seats. Oh, no. It's like a terrible nightmare, it isn't is, it? Yeah, yeah. A few people even started trying to sit down in the seat without asking me. Jeff, I'm sorry if this breaks cinema etiquette rules. I was in such a tizzy after everything that had happened that when I finally spotted her, I shouted across the whole cinema in an angry, deep voice that sounded nothing <laughs> like mine. And something more like Phil Mitchell or Linda Blair in The Exorcist. Something along the lines of, sit your ass down now! Drawing even more attention to myself and scaring the bejesus out of my normal-brained friend. <laughs> That was wonderful. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it was. What did the uh, What did the guy say again? Well, I think one that I, I'd say I will never forget. I am your servant, madam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, both those were fantastic. Please share your story with us. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. This is warm and friendly, and you like it. And that's why you're here. You were the one that pressed play after all with your thumb. Adrift. With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. You have a lovely thumb. Annabelle, I, I am more than ready for a way in which you're not a fully functioning adult. Okay, part 18. Superstition. So you've got your common superstitions like touch wood, not walking under ladders, no open umbrellas indoors. And they are all ridiculous. I can see that. And yet, of course, I do all of them. Along with some that I've just made up myself. And I don't know why I ever even made them up or even when it happened. One of them is I have to put my right shoe on first. Right shoe first, then left. But when it comes to slippers, it has to be the left one first. (laughs) And obviously, if I don't do this, something bad will happen. And it can get quite extreme. Like if for whatever reason, it's easier to put the right slipper on first, I'll half put it on until I can get to the left one and get that on properly. And the right one can go fully on. Like I have little cheats, (laughs) but it has to be the left one first. Socks, though, no order. Completely random which one goes on first. That's totally fine. That does not affect my fate. If I'm wearing a top and a bottom, in terms of clothes, which is most days, I have to put the bottom (laughs) on and then the top. It is unthinkable to do it the other way around. And it's highly likely everyone I know will just drop dead. 
It also doesn't matter, though, which leg goes first in my trousers, although it's usually the right. And when putting my coat on, I always put my left arm in first, but that's just habit, habit, and nothing bad will happen if I did the right one first. Which one do you think you do first with a coat? Is it is it random? Or? I think it is, because as you were saying these things, I was thinking about myself, and yeah, I think yeah. with all of them, I mean, maybe I put my bottoms on more often first but sometimes i put my top on first really yeah yeah. i don't think i i'm i'm you know i'm obviously inviting a lot of bad luck on myself (laughs) yeah and everybody i know yeah um but if i do get the wrong order for the shoes though i do know that calamity disaster tragedy all come in my way but the good news is when putting on my son's shoes it doesn't matter which goes on first which is good as I often put the shoe on the wrong foot like like very often (laughs) I used to have a few when we worked on the radio show we we used to do a feature called the all-star post bag with letters from famous people about the topical events of the day and that always had to be strictly 400 words seriously if it was 403 I, I had to spend time to find a way to cut it down and if As it, if that wasn't enough hard work without yeah. worrying about the word count. And if it was 397, I had to randomly add some words in. You are kidding me. No. Didn't you know that? No. Wow. And then, of course, there's actual superstitions, like probably the most exercise my right arm ever gets is saluting if I see one magpie. <sighs> and I truly believe if I perfected one thing in my life, this would be the only thing. Saluting a magpie in public, but not looking and, like, <laughs> and doing a salute. Let me do it for you now. Yeah. What, what does it look like I'm doing? So I've seen a magpie. Yeah. It lo- <laughs> it's good, isn't it? It is good. Does it look like a salute? It looks like you've stopped. To, you've had a very intense thought, so you need yeah. to touch your forehead, yeah. and then you're also maybe wiping a bit of sweat away from your brow at the same time. Okay, well, you're, you're kind of getting where I'm coming from. Like in my in my head, I'm I'm thoughtfully, but also slightly absent-mindedly touching my forehead, then brushing a few strands of hair away. Right, I, I right, wasn't right, I wasn't right, brushing right. a piece of sweat away. <laughs> But I blame this problem with superstition entirely on one event in my childhood, one when I was around eight and learning the Tarantella. Now, if you didn't reach grade three in ballet in the 1980s, it's likely you won't know about the Tarantella. But it's a dance that dramatically depicts in ballet form being bitten by a tarantula, which is slightly strange for an eight-year-old. Also slightly... Why don't they just call it... (laughs) Tarantula. I don't know why. The Tarantella, I don't know why. I think it's Italian. Oh, okay. It's also slightly strange that this dance had a prop, which was the tambourine, which was thrilling to me. My mum had to buy me a tambourine, which I loved. Imagine having a percussive instrument at home. Like, it just seems mm. so exciting. Like, it's not just very occasionally, if you're lucky, getting the triangle in music class at school. I had a tambourine at home. And not just the wood blocks, which I always got. It was a tambourine. It was amazing. So I loved it. And I was always playing it. And one day I was in the lounge and I was banging it and singing a song. And it was a Christmas carol. I think Gooking Wenceslas. Which was a bit weird to me because firstly it was summer and secondly I was eight. Like it was 1983. I should have been banging and singing Uptown Girl or Come a Chameleon. <laughs> but anyway, I was banging along and then I wasn't banging anymore as my hand had gone right through the tambourine skin, which was awful as my beloved tambourine was broken and my mum was really annoyed because she had to buy me a new one. So it was true. It is bad luck to sing carols outside of Christmas. I learned a valuable lesson. So now I'm destined to a life of picking up pennies and throwing salt over my shoulder and not putting new (laughs) shoes on the table. And when finishing eating a boiled egg, pushing the spoon through the bottom of the empty shell to let the devil out. (laughs) Not really the last one, but only because I don't eat boiled eggs. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port in a show called 
Adrift. We're really pushing it this week, aren't we, Annabelle? We are. We're going down to the wire. We're recording this at half past nine in the evening on Tuesday, and uh, we tend to publish it at midnight. Mm-hmm. So it's almost a live episode, a live special. Practically. I mean, you can't really do that with a podcast. But um, anyway, there won't be an incident this week for, for that reason. Uh, I got a tweet from a guy which I was pleased to receive um although it was a missed opportunity he says hi uh this is from mark who says i was the very tall person you saw in the baby changing area this afternoon at the south bank center with my daughter i wanted to say hello but it somehow didn't seem like quite the right moment uh, you should have should have said something I've, I, i'm not qu- i don't quite remember there were a t- couple of times i went into the baby change area on sunday which is when this happened mm. one one um it was fine, and then the other one, there'd been a major incident. I see. And I was sort of had to roll my sleeves up. I literally had to roll my sleeves Ooh, up. Okay. You know, it was a, a big job on my hands. And uh, okay. But either way, I would have been glad of... Uh, Glad of the little chat, yeah, with a with a drifter. I'm surprised you didn't notice a tall man though, because don't you think that tall people are your master? Usually, yeah. I mean, mm. so if, if if he'd been changing his daughter on the table next to the one I was changing my son on, mm. and you know, there'd been this huge mess. My son was unhappy. He made a mess of himself in the surrounding area. If that guy had said, "Excuse me, can you come and do my daughter too?" I would have just done, <laughs> done it unquestioningly because I do believe that tall people are in charge of me, mm, mm, mm. and I'm getting shorter. You know. Well, I'm not shrinking yet, but the average has gone up. Oh, I see. So but, but people are getting taller. Yeah, so I used oh. to be average height and now I'm below average height. Oh, that's hard to take, isn't it? I know. I think I used to be like bang on average height, 174 oh. centimetres, five foot eight. Really? And I, th- I think I am now you know short oh, to suddenly become below average is, is, is tricky but yeah yeah i mean especially given how far below average i am <laughs> in so many other aspects of my life it's uh it's heartbreaking um we will get the opportunity to meet drifters in a few weeks looking forward to a yes. live show in hebden bridge on the 29th of june uh if you didn't manage to get tickets we're going to stream it, uh, what, stream it, podcast it. Especially, it's going to be a special episode yeah. for our Patreon supporters. So, if you want to show uh, your support for us, uh, if you listen to the podcast every week, think, okay, I'd like to give something in return. Then, if you support us on Patreon, you will get access to that live show in Hebden Bridge, the first ever Adrift live show, which I'm very excited about. Did you uh, have any further thoughts on badges? I noticed we'd had a yes. couple of... There seemed to be some enthusiasm. I'd, I had two or three. Yeah, there was some enthusiasm. I mean, when I say some, I mean like maybe two or three emails. But there were also two or three suggestions on where we could get the badges made. So I did click on those websites and sort of have a quick look and then think, oh, I'll look at that more another day and then not go back to it. <laughs> but if do you think we should do it? Yeah. Okay. I, th- I think so. If, if I mean, do, do we need to do the whole thing where we canvas opinion and ask if it would be... No. Because... Would we be getting the badges? Badges are a cheaper and easier thing to have made than pencils, I'm guessing. No. Really? I don't think so. Really? I don't think so. But a lot of people have badges made, but not that many people have pencils but wasn't, made. But it wasn't like the pencils were, were made from scratch. <laughs> like I think they just, I think they have a stock of pencils and they just print things on it. So in many ways, it's easier than a badge, which is maybe slightly more complicated in terms no, of an image. No, I don't think they make the badges from scratch. <laughs> I think they just have badges and then you've... Um, okay, well, maybe we need to have a little bit of think about this 
in between this week and next week. Okay. Because I, I feel that we could very easily get into the weeds if we're not there already. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do some research you and get that. back to you about units, okay. etc. Okay. <laughs> I'm back. Yay. <laughs> I've got some jiffy bags left over. This is ideal. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss Adrift Under your control With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port A couple of things here then uh, the, the, the first one is I took my son to uh, on, on a merry-go-round the other day mm-hmm. and that got me to thinking about jobs which so it's basically balancing it's a ratio it's a ratio of how much joy a job brings to how miserable the employee looks right okay and can you think of anything <laughs> can you think of anything that is a, sort of a greater example of that no, no. than the people who no is who the most... operates children's merry-go-rounds that's the most extreme example yeah sarah said something uh something interesting about that she said like if you want to, if you really want to see human nature in terms of how much you really only care about your own children and not other people's, mm. just just watch parents standing watching their kids go around on a merry-go-round because you're just looking for your own kid. Uh, it's like yeah. the other children go round and round. It's like they don't exist. Yeah, you yeah. just see the fact fa- you're looking for the face of your own child coming around and then sort of for 30 seconds you're just not interested in what's <laughs> going on on that merry-go-round. Like merry a fall-off. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're invisible. You don't even yeah, notice them. Yeah. You just look at you, just waiting for the next time your own oh. child comes around. Um, so that that was a little thing I was thinking about the sort of the the, the misery joy ratio. Mm. Um, what else do I want to talk to you about? I, I went to the barbers. I don't know if I, t- I told you this, but I went to the the barber the other day, and she's back. Oh, so I, was, I think um, this came up a while ago. She is now back. Okay, uh, so I'm seeing my my regular barber again. And uh, does she where'd she go? Ibiza. She no. she went to Ibiza and oh, then she yeah, she, I think she might have gone to Berlin for a while. But oh, I mean, okay. she was she definitely went to start a new life and then decided to come back to the old one, right? Which I ad- admire her for. Yep, you know. Um, stick your head under the par- over the parapet, but mm. if you decide I don't like it here above the parapet, get back down again. Yep. Uh, so she's and and I was in there waiting to have my hair cut by her the other day, and I could hear her chatting to the person before me, and I felt they had a very good rapport. Were you jealous? Yes. And did you feel competitive? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, I'm just not. Like we don't connect on that level, as I've said before. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I've thought of pretending to be asleep just yeah. so I don't have to chat. I <laughs> yeah, really yeah. like her, mm-hmm. but you know. But then, then I think well, I'm going to have to really try and up my small talk. I want to get on with her like he did. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just don't have. She's a hedonistic person, yeah. oh. and I'm not a hedonistic person. And I think she 
enjoys talking about a hedonistic pursuit. Did you make something up? <laughs> no, I should have done. Shouldn't I? <laughs> no, you, you should have done. Should've, oh, God, I was out till half past 11 the other night. <laughs> I'd smoked a reefer. Oh, my God. Should I have said that? No. I'd no. Got, I should say I got high. You know those uh, silver canisters in the street? Those <laughs> yeah, little that, things. Mine, that, all that, mine. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> should have done that. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I did notice, though, is this guy had quite the bald spot developing on the back of his head. Mm. Um, and she didn't sort of cut around it or, or do anything. What you do know, you mean cut around well, it? Well, no, like mean, she was poisonous. No, no, what, I mean, <laughs> like literally cut around it to make him look like a monk. But I mean, <laughs> she she didn't sort of seem to take account of that in the haircut at all. So I did ask her afterwards. Right. Um, I said, oh, you seem to get on well with the guy before me. She said, yeah, he's another another regular of mine. I was like, oh, right. I said, uh, it's quite the, quite the bald spot he's got developed in there, isn't it? She said, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's been coming for a while, that. And I said, so so do you mention it to him? Because mm. it's at the back of his head, so it's not it's not something he would see when he's looking in the mirror. Mm. And she just said, no, it's not my place. Interesting. Yeah. Whereas I, I would have thought it is the barber's place. Yeah, because that's her job. Yeah. yeah. Like you've got a bald spot. What do you want to do about yeah, it? No yeah. judgment. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's getting to a point now where we need to need to have a think about this. What's more interesting to me, though, is did you mention that other guy's bald spot because you wanted to belittle him because you were jealous? <laughs> right, just checking. <laughs> oh, have we got time to mention something else here? Yeah. So... It, it, it may not have escaped you over the uh, decades we've known each other, Annabelle, that um, I, I can get quite obsessive about things. Mm, yeah. There's this one particular yoghurt I've gone oh, crazy about. <laughs> okay, tell me about it. So so what brought this on is I interviewed the, the food writer Nigel Slater somewhat recently. Oh, yeah. And in my research about Nigel Slater, I learned that he usually has a yoghurt for breakfast and then one before he goes to bed at night. One at night time? Yeah. A Betty Biden's yogurt? Yes. yes. Really? I thought, I thought, well, maybe I'll start doing that because Nigel Slater looks well on it. Really? So so, so I went to the um, the shop near us and I bought a load of yogurts and I really, you know, some people will think, oh, boring, but I like me a vanilla yogurt and there were these lovely looking ones. So I, um, I bought a... a you know, a, a bunch of these things. Mm. Uh, I'll tell you how many I bought. I bought eight. I bought four days worth. Okay. <laughs> right. You really are committing to yeah. this. Okay. One in the morning, one in the evening. Yeah, yeah. Now, when you think of a yogurt pot, how what are you imagining? Well, it's like a little oval, like short squat. What's it made out of? Plastic. No. Oh, don't tell it's me. It's made far. out of ceramic. You are the poshest person I've ever met. Look, it's massive. It's like cup sized. Yeah, but once you've started a yogurt, you're having you do- that at night. <laughs> I'm sleeping. <laughs> You feel tummy waking you up in the night. Is caffeinated. <laughs> it's good for your tummy. It settles it. So my question is, and that can't be environmentally friendly, can it? What are you throwing it away or washing it out and using it for big mugs well, of tea? Um... <laughs> to have onto your yogurt. I have a big yogurt that's as big as a cup. I have a big cup, big mug of tea, and then I'm off to Benny Bino's. <laughs> I can't sleep. I don't know why. <laughs> Come on, there. It's about it's, it's bigger than espresso cup. I'll give you that, but it's, it's, it's not. I've got little hands. That's what you're responding oh, okay. to in that photograph. Okay. Um, so, what should I be doing with these things? Well, 
obviously rinse it out and reuse it. But so, but you can't. I can't reuse it for yogurt. So if I'm committed to having a yogurt at bedtime and one in the morning, <laughs> make your own yogurt right. and decant it. Oh in. no, I've already. No, got, I've, no. already I've already got eight. I've just been to the shops earlier and bought six more. <laughs> so I've already got. I've already now got fourteen. <laughs> 14 massive cups in your house. You need new kitchen cups. So, so say, but what if I wanted to carry on with this regime every day? That's oh. two yogurts a day. Even if I didn't eat them on weekends and bank holidays. You'd have to make house. Still, it's still more than 250 yogurts a year. <laughs> and that's if I just cut down to one a day. It's 500 if I stick with my current two a day. I don't know what I don't. Do they have some kind of recycling scheme for these particular pots? I don't know. You need to take them back to the shop and get five feet off. Be able to, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to suggest. I'm you so don't want sorry. any, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> no. Later, when you go for a walk, you can take the show with you so that you're not left with your thoughts because we know what's going on there, and it's just it's it's quite scary. You should probably consult a doctor, or you should maybe get a dog. And then walk with your dog or steal a dog. But just um, dogs can help you because they suck up your dangerous thoughts. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Ready to uh, issue some rulings here, Annabelle. Some new rules. Putting my glasses on. You want new rules? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, The Glap Clinic at Quandary Corner in problematic uh, drifters' dilemmas. Can't remember the others. That will do. That will do. Yeah, there's plenty in it. This is from Jenny. I late 20s female, was en route to my company's, my company's Middlesex office in Pinner, taking the Metropolitan Line from London. It was about 10am in the morning and fairly quiet. Towards the end of the journey, when the tube line goes, under, goes overground, I was approached by a strange man, a bit dishevelled, friendly, but intense, very intense. He confidently told me that he had just been released from prison and needed to arrange for someone to collect him from Harrow train station and asked if I could ask if he could borrow my phone to make a call my first thought was no surely you're not going to hand over your phone to a self-confessed criminal who could easily do a runner with it when we pull in a station then I thought yes you will have to if you say no he'll be offended that you are judging him as an ex-convict this could cause a very unpleasant scene and you'll be very embarrassed what if he then got aggressive and you become his next victim so I handed it over he took my phone and made a call boldly pacing around the carriage as he talked We were pulling into Harrow and strangely, he didn't seem to be wrapping up his conversation. I was getting nervous that he was about to leg it with my phone and started playing through the conversation with the police and my insurance provider. (laughs) Yes, sir, I did willingly give my phone to a self-confessed criminal on the train who then (laughs) ran away with it. Thank God he did give it back at the last second, but I am very curious to know what should I have done? Well, this is an interesting question because I think you did the right thing. I think it is interesting, but I think the people asked to borrow your phone, anyone asked to borrow your phone, I think you're understandably cautious. Yeah, yeah, I think you are. Um, And I think you, it was quite normal to hold the kind of prejudices and and worries, Mm. but it was also, you know, quite noble of you to let go of those and be your better self and, you know, not not want this guy to feel judged. I think it was more that she didn't want him to kill her. (laughs) (laughs) But he might have been in for blue-collar crime. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he'd been released, so he'd been rehabilitated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's important. I mean, I just think it's it's good. I I don't, in a way, understand what the dilemma is. Well, let me ask you a question. Hmm. If you were coming back on a train and your phone had run out of battery and the train 
was going to be delayed for some reason. And due to some, I was getting more unnecessary elaborate, but due to some childcare issue, you needed to speak to your wife. Yeah. Would you ask to borrow someone's phone? Oh. Or would you just like let the childcare issue like to become disastrous and your son have to just wait ages for you? Would you, would you force yourself to ask someone to borrow someone's phone? Oh, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, because it's that, it's that difficult, isn't it? Yeah, I think I'd be more likely to get off the train, find a phone box or mm, something, mm, mm, mm. and and then and and then get back on and be even later. But I mean, yeah, I think it's a weird thing to do. But I think the question really is: if someone asks to borrow your phone, what's the rule? Is it okay to say no? Well, you're just creating an awkward situation, aren't you? So you just have to say yes. Yeah. That's the rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's move on to Tim from Tasmania. Dear GLAP clinicians, my job is in jeopardy. Thanks to a monstrous faux pas I committed today and I need your help to save it. I've got mouse to feed after all and my children shouldn't have to suffer for my social slip ups any more than they already do. Here, if I can bear to record them, are the grisly details. I arrived at work this morning to find a colleague blathering on about a quiz show she'd seen on the TV the night before. The contestants were amazing, she told us, particularly the one who specialised in nuclear physics. Only my colleague didn't pronounce it nuclear physics like most normal people do. She said nuclear, nuclear physics instead. Thinking that she was simply taking the piss, this woman is one of the sharpest and most culturally clued in people I know, I proceeded to mock her pronunciation in front of the whole office ruthlessly and repeatedly. Mid-routine, I realised that, horrors, she hadn't got the distinction of the joke, even though I'd artfully involved the king of nuclear (laughs) himself, George W. Bush, on more than one occasion. What followed was a humiliating and humbling experience as I bid a hasty retreat into the hole I was digging deeper and deeper than myself. My protestations and explanations only served served to flummox my colleague even further, and her manner towards me grew steadily frostier and frostier. I was put out of my misery in the end by our team leader. I think her pronunciation is okay, he said, no doubt having a quiet snigger to himself on the side. And there the matter apparently rested. We got back to work and nothing more was said. Clearly, though, I've screwed up this bad time. Sorry, I've screwed up bad this time. My colleague has a lot of sway in the office and is by all accounts quite close to our manager. One word from her and my career could be toast. (laughs) I can't afford to let this sleeping dog lie, Jeff and Annabelle. So I ask you both... What should I do? Should I put together a presentation that states my case better than I already have? Should I invest in a gift, a dove wrapped in a red ribbon perhaps? Or should I do what my gut instincts are telling me to do and cut myself adrift? I mean, how hard can it be to change careers? I hear that nuclear physics isn't really that bad. I feel like my future will remain under a cloud until I resolve this situation. I think also here the bigger question is, when is it okay to correct correct pronunciation? But let's go back to his immediate problem first of all. What should he do? Well, I don't know if the nuclear option is... (laughs) What's the mispronunciation? Nuclear. I can't even say it. It's it's so hard to mispronounce. Nuclear is the the way people say it. Nuclear war. Uh, uh, So... I, I read somebody wrote recently, and I quite, I quite liked this as an approach, that you should never correct somebody if they mispronounce a word mm-hmm. because that person has has read it 
Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a word they haven't heard. They've only read. Although this doesn't really hold water with nuclear, does it? Yeah, I'm sure she's like everybody's that. seen that and heard it. But this is interesting time. to go on. No, that that you should be kind to people who pronounce mispronounce words mm. because they've obviously read them and they're you know trying to incorporate what they've read in the vocabulary. And also, they might be like me in that I've got a very bad re- like audible recall, so I will constantly say things like polling station or um plaque instead of plaque and oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. and we all i remember saying beguiling once to somebody oh even though i knew it was pronounced beguiling i I lost my confidence at the last minute because it was a word that i don't use very often when i was saying polling station instead of polling station i'm still i'm now i'm once again worrying i've got it wrong again but anyway um i knew that even though I was saying it, as I was coming out of my mouth, I thought that doesn't sound right. Mm. But I just, I couldn't, I couldn't back out of it. It was too late. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an awful thing, isn't it? Um... But, you, but at the time, you did correct me. <laughs> I mean, we're on the radio at the time, so I feel like someone had to mention it. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just smell blood. Which ex- <laughs> I mean, this is exactly what happened here, yeah, wasn't it? You yeah, just yeah. smell blood. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I just feel that sitting in silent judgment of people is usually better <laughs> if it's anything to do with, you know, pronunciation or spelling or punctuation or anything mm, like mm, that. Mm. You know, you get, you get a little kick out of feeling superior about it. Just enjoy that. But don't make people feel bad about themselves. No, no that should be enough. Um, and also, if you do correct them, how do you do it? I mean, he obviously did it the wrong way, didn't he? Like just by blatantly mocking. Yeah. I think he thought she was she was joking. Yeah, no, I know, I know, and I, I do have sympathy for him because I feel like it's like I say, you smell a bit of blood sometimes, mm. and you just and and I think that's something I would do more when I was younger. I'm trying to do less as I get older, I think. But um, maybe using that word back in a sentence. Uh, a little later oh, is a way to do it. Yeah. That doesn't feel too embarrassing yeah, for the other person. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there we there we okay. go. Okay. That's the way to do it in the future. And in the meantime, yeah, pretend it never happened. And that was our podcast. And I've got to go now because I really want a yoghurt. <laughs> Must be desperate for it. It's getting really late. Adrift. Adrift. Let's see if we can't find a podication here. Um, I'd ask you to sing the Peter Rabbit theme tune while I get it up and running, but I don't know if that would contravene copyright Um, laws. But it was a lovely rendition of it you were just giving me. Thank you. comes from Ed, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle, or Annabelle and Jeff. I've heard a couple of incidents where the order has been misread. I don't want to get anything wrong here. (laughs) Thank you. I I don't care, but what happens is I will sometimes just automatically and this doesn't reflect well on me read it as jeff and annabelle even if it says the, the other way around i don't think there's anything to do with reflecting badly on you it's just that that's what it normally is so your mm. brain tends to reverse it thank habit. you thank you mm. thank you mm. um it says i first came across an awareness of your podcast when jeff covered as supply teacher 
for when covering Danny Baker on Five Live and straight away I thought, blimey, it's Jeff from Pete and Jeff from Virgin in the mid-90s. I recognise the voice. It is me. And I am kind of, um, well, not, not covering for Danny Baker, but covering that show mm. at the moment. Yeah. Uh, won't be on this weekend, actually, because oh. there's some sport thing happening. But uh, for the next few weeks, I think, until they work out what they're doing with it. I said to somebody earlier, so just set aside what's happened, but mm. uh, I said it's, it's a bit like Willy Wonka's left the chocolate factory and I'm just this caretaker, um, you know, just looking after it until somebody decides to make it into flats. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, okay. That's how I feel. Um, it says, anyway, you interviewed the QI elves and that alerted me to their podcast and much catching up ensued over several months. They're very good. You also mentioned you had a podcast, but not by name. Once I caught up with Fish, I remembered why I got into the Fish podcast and searched for whatever Jeff Lloyd's podcast was. So I found Adrift and have been binging over the last few months. Uh, expecting to have caught up probably at some point in the next two months or so. However, just over two weeks ago, my sister called me late in the evening to tell me my mum had died of a heart attack, and this kind of hit me hard. Oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, understandably. Um, he continues, to cut a long story short, my mum and I had in the, the past had had a big 12-year not talking, etc., falling out, but bridges have been built and things have been pretty much uh, good recently. I'm so, so sorry to hear that. Mm. Um, he says, anyway, the reason I'm emailing is because in the days following my mum's passing, your podcast has been a distraction. I'm now only a couple of weeks behind. Um, this has been the first time I've lost a really close family member and I've needed a grounding, and that has been you. The funeral's next week, and I'll be doing a memory speech with my sister in front of a probable large turnout. I'm a drifter, but uh, despite that, I'll do my best to hold it together. And maybe, and this is a long shot, after the service, I'll get an, an unlucky. <laughs> I kind of hope so. Uh, anyway, thanks for being a welcome distraction to keep me sane in the past couple of weeks. Please make this podcast for Liz, my mum, who never listened to a podcast in her life. Oh. Blessings, says Ed. Um, Ed, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear your news. It's just rotten. Um, maybe it's a good time to recommend Griefcast. Oh, I love Griefcast. So good. So uh, this is a podcast that Carriad Lloyd does. And she just has honest conversations with people about grief. Um, And she's so adept at doing so. Carriad filled in for Annabelle one of the weeks you were on maternity leave. So it's possible you heard it, Ed. Um, But it's like lots of funny, candid conversations. Uh, People, you know, some, some people who, you know, lost for example, a parent decades ago, like like Carriad did, mm. and then other people for whom it's very raw. Um, and I, I think there's probably some comfort to be found in those conversations. Mm. So, you know, if you fancy that, that's that's uh, something you might want to listen to as you've yes. been working your way through podcasts. Uh, and otherwise, I'm just really, really sorry for your news. So, um, so there we go. We will dedicate this to Liz. Never listened to a podcast in life. I'm probably better for it. Mm-hmm. And that's from Ed, and there'll be another podcast next week. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Oh, yeah. 